O M me. Hello, my children. Warning. Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Another episode of Supernatural The Crossroads. I am your host, Thomas Cowley. Joined with me, as always, is Ryan Denton. Dicks. <laughs> that's a record. I just wanted to make a record tonight. And Michael Flores. Hey. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, guys. Dicks, apparently. Yeah. No, we're talking about episode 14, The Raid. This one had a ton of returns for Supernatural fans. Quite a few. And a lot of new information as well, so it was a nice hybrid uh, from uh, for me, I love that element when you get new information and old information comes back and is relevant again. And they paid attention to detail in a lot of unique ways, which I loved a lot of stuff in this episode. So we're gonna kind of give away a little spoiler on how I feel about this week. Yeah, I right away. Yeah, well, yeah, ruin that one. <laughs> but we also were talking about some of the discussion from last week. Uh, we had some fans send us back whether they agreed with us on a couple things, such as. Mr. Ketch and his flirting with Mary and a lot of Mary talk, actually, her relationship to her father and how much she's more like a Campbell yep. than a Winchester. Yep. Um, so and we've got talk about Rufus and, and Bella and so much cool stuff this week. We've got some stuff to talk about. And you know what? I just want to say that that was another thing we called very first episode of the year. Right. We actually called that. Um, in fact, we did an article posted on Facebook about the connection between Rufus and bella and is there in fact a men of letters connection and sure enough it's, i mean has they it didn't like, really drive a hundred percent like we thought but close enough it, for me it is definitely a connection for sure i mean hey i'm you know i'm, I'm working with the british men of letters uh i used to work with rufus come on yeah I, that is the connection for sure i mean if they did it any other way like hey you remember uh, i helped you guys out with that bella thing that would have been terrible yeah, we would have been, been perfect for me. We, yeah, for people like you, yes. Yeah, I would have <laughs> yeah. been like, oh, thank you. I'm more about subtle connection. Su- subtle connection. Oh, yeah, you're super subtle though. In the dark, I, they don't I really, really know realize what's happening. Means. Don't worry about it. So we do have again. I feel like we've predicted a lot of this season in some way, or or a lot of little elements. Not you know, this episode's gonna have that. No. Yeah, we're but, not. But, like, we're not little Nostradamus, guys. But we, we do. You guys have. We have. Pretty much, we're douche Adamus. We're douche, <laughs> yeah. We're Dick Adamus, I'll, and uh, yeah, Nostradam Dick. I want to pull. The, <laughs> uh, now, now Thomas is getting yeah. it. Yeah. You're welcome. That's awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, but no, we have we have gotten a few things right so far, and I think that's 
It's always funny when well, we after do that. a full year last year of us getting things wrong. wrong. I, I think uh, yeah. I think we need to make up for it because season nine, season ten, we did pretty good. Season eleven, we, we just sucked. we, we yeah. didn't do very good with predictions. Yeah, yeah we were pretty bad. It seems to be. It seems like we're on the. We're back on track. We're back. So then yeah. next year it'll be all over the place again. Yeah, hopefully not. The last year. No, come on, don't say that. I don't know, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring dickhead. up a point when we start talking about. The well, episode. no, just Ryan, you brought it up, but. It's true, Thomas. Like I, when I was watching this episode this week, yeah, I have never. Mike and I talked about it. It just hit me suddenly, and I know we've talked about the show ending and winding down. We've talked about it's a constant conversation on the show because we don't want it to end. But I got this sense of like realization that hit me when I was watching when the Alpha got killed, and I realized what killed them. The cult. They're doing a lot of. They're tying away things they're tying it they're off they're getting rid of they're things getting that. rid of Do you really think that's it though I, why unless dab hated carver so much and he's like you know what carver i'm gonna spend my first year fixing all your shit i would not to ins- instigate rivalries in any way i could understand that though as he's fans, like i'm gonna uncarve all this. as fans <laughs> ooh, gonna, i'm gonna just dab some putty over these carved marks <laughs> <laughs> fix it fix this wall yeah. I don't think what Carver did was bad. I, I, I'm a fan of Carver, so I feel like Carver deliberately really... wanted to go in a different direction, which is fine. That's his prerogative as yeah. showrunner. But I feel like Dab has kind of paid attention to a lot of the things fans have you wanted think he's to more see insane, for years. You're saying I feel like he's more in sync with the fandom's desires, and mm. and Carver was more in sync with a vision of right. his own using Supernatural's universe. We talked about the whole flashback element and how much. That was incorporated in previous in in Carver's run, and then we look at his own show, Frequency, which has a lot of that too. Carver kind of had Supernatural and used its universe to tell stories he wanted to tell. There's nothing wrong with that necessarily. Yeah, and let's also feels like he's trying to tell stories in Supernatural's universe that are new, but also bring back things that we've had questions about for years. Yeah, that's what I was about to say because I don't. I don't think it's a bad thing for Gamble and Carver not to go back to the cult. I don't think it needed per se to be. It's not going to destroy my mind and supernatural, my vision of supernatural for me by them not going back to it. Um, but yes, you're right. Dad is that we focusing. Know about. You're right. He's in sync a little bit. It seems like a little bit more than Carver was with the I, audience in terms of what they want to see. And that is definitely something we want to see. Again, I don't think it, it, it spells doom on Carver and Gamble for leaving those things open. No. They're not necessary to the arc of Supernatural, but they are little things that they're, we do question. They're questions and things that have been left unanswered that are now getting wrapped up. And I think it keeps happening this season. Double wrapped. It, it, double wrapped. Well, sometimes you don't even wrap it all, but that's just a completely That's only when story. you're in a hurry. Yeah. <laughs> that's when you really need to get it in there. Oh, but Jesus. I think these, these are two convenient things that we've had questions about that are getting wrapped up and it's like oh man like why are we getting rid of all these things these questions and see i i disagree i feel like but you're wrong i that's okay i feel like if i was i feel like i can imagine dab in the writer room during seasons eight through 11 where they're like all right so people really want to know about the cult we have this alpha vamp that we said we'd bring back next season do we want to touch on that no Four years later, we still haven't touched on it. They just I, I kept can, saying that, like they kept saying no, and the I can understand wanting to come back to some of these things. Now, have some of them been closed out? Yes, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're wrapping up the show for an out for a finale. It could be that they're wrapping up these things that either a no longer serve a purpose. The Alpha storyline hasn't been relevant since Purgatory in in season set, six, really, 
but seven at most. Therefore, him coming back in this episode, re- yeah. taken out the same way that the cult is introduced, feels like a nice homage to season one. It doesn't feel like they're trying to wrap that up. I, it's unfortunate that the alpha's gone in many respects, spoilers. But at the same time, I feel like it fit for the themes of when that thing, when that weapon first showed up and a, gr- a great return for it. Yeah, I can right. see your argument for sure. I, I, I'm trying to be positive. I can understand where you're coming from. I completely no, do. No, I'm actually agreeing. You're winning me over. Like, but, I, I'm, I'm naturally just, you know, morbid. And, <laughs> I, and I am already... Th- Counting the days to my favorite show is gone. Oh, and yeah. that's what Ooh. I kind of felt like. I felt like, wow, they're really just wrapping things up. But when you put it that way, that makes sense. It also makes a lot of sense. And, and again, going back to the fact that for for without a doubt, Dab is in is a lot more in tune with the audience. I would definitely I, agree that with made, that. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And you gotta be. I, I've I've spoken to showrunners on TV shows before, and that's the first thing they said. Said you don't want to listen to the audience, meaning you, know you don't want to go to Twitter. If you're going yeah. to Twitter and you're going to social media and you're and you're looking for ideas to please your fans, you're already hurting, he said. And you shouldn't be writing or running a show. He said, however, if you're properly in sync and in tune with your audience, you're going to do the right moves and you're going to make the right de- writing decisions because you, you're in sync with them. They understand you guys are all on the same level. So, and, and maybe that's exactly where Dab is at. He gets it, you know, and perhaps I, I've, that's kind of my vibe with it. I mean, I personally wanted to know about the cult for a long time, right? You know, I wanted to know about um, like this upcoming episode. We've seen if you watch the trailer for episode fifteen with the Hellhound, you see that Dean's wearing the goggles again yeah. from season eight. Mm-hmm. I'd love to know that. I mean, that's a useful tool. You know, we've wanted to know about the British Men of Letters and the, the Gollum and the Thule because those things were kind of touched on and then we stepped away from it and it never came back. Right. Except when it was like in the vessel when it's back in time, you know, well, what about the present day? There was a lot of stuff that Carver did that a lot of people were upset about was his tendency to throw things against the wall and then run with what he liked. But I feel like Dab's more kind of going back to the wall and stitching stuff up off. some of those things and some of the stuff because... I think it's safe to say that Sarah Gamble left before she wanted to necessarily. Yeah, I agree. So some things like the cult and the alpha vampires might have been seven, things that she were things gonna, that she, she had gonna plans on. He's like, well, let's let's continue this because if you look at the story of Supernatural, if you read it as a book, then you have all these like subplots that weren't tied together. So I think it's right. some of that is him trying to sync up loose ends and get himself his platform ready for his own story. You know what? And that. I agree. That could that's, very that's well be. That I'm could very well it. be. That's my okay. positive. Wow! Did, did Thomas <laughs> just throw out a positive thing? I wow. did. What? What is this? This the, is the, what's the, happening the, right the now. The stars align with the Earth. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those seven planets that they just found out there aligned. And, and Thomas, are you? What are you doing over there? Don't He's worry. fucking with Skittles. They're not <laughs> Skittles. Get it right. At least quit talking while you're. <laughs> I eating. don't have. I don't have one. I'm not. <laughs> no, I mean, don't move the bag while you're talking because then oh. it comes through the mic. If you're not talking, the noise gate cuts it off, and then we don't hear it. <laughs> I'm like five. Otherwise, you are. <laughs> no, See, I, I, I'm surprised you're not playing with your penis right now. I, no, well, he maybe might I be. am. Maybe I have two hands. Now that's why we need those cross cans. Yeah, yeah, we need. He the thinks cross the can. skittles are good, but he's just tasting his penis. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm rubbing him on my wiener. Oh. Now, Thomas, I, I, I'm sorry. I just, I, it's weird for me to hear a positive. To hear thing me out be positive. Yeah, like, I know, I'm, right? I'm really not used to that. Like, what was that? How did that feel? Yeah, he's usually. Eeyore. It's weird. It's weird. It's an unsafe feeling for me, and I don't like it. Yeah, like you, you probably feel really, really trapped right now. Yeah, scary. <laughs> I don't blame you. 
another thing, like even Dab's kind of tied up his own loose ends. Yep. If you think about it, because yep. <laughs> so everybody knows in this episode that it shows that the entire northwestern region has been exterminated of vampires at this point. Now, what's the first thing everyone thought in this room first? <laughs> Before you the say. penis. Immediately, my mind went to, well, on the map, that's exactly where Chicago's at. That's exactly where Bloodlines takes place. He just killed Bloodlines, officially. Yeah. (laughs) At least one of those families, right? The vampires, at least. So, I hope Enos died, too, somehow. This is kind of him, like, all right, let's let's take care of the the stuff we haven't finished just yet. There was actually an unreleased version of the show. That we oh. did, that they released on was YouTube. Was Lou Ferrigno in it? No, no, no. Actually, um, if you go online, they have a um, a director's cut for um, the raid. And during really? the, when they're showing the map sequence, are you fucking with us? No, right no. Now? When they're showing the map sequence of how they're putting yeah. down everybody in, in the Midwest, including the Chicago region, they actually have this on the original cut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you dickhead! <laughs> Uh, you could hear right. you could hear a very sad song when we realized Bloodlines was destroyed. <laughs> right. Oh God. Does Lou Ferrigno? I'm back, <laughs> motherfuckers. Your show's over. So Dab created, so he take away. <laughs> Bloodlines was the greatest episode. I can't believe that they killed all the vampires. This is bullshit. Let me just dab this mess up real <laughs> this, quick. This this message will cost you thirty seven fifty. Jeez. It is kind of funny, though, that... It is. They show that specific region. <laughs> yeah, yeah nothing, wrong, nothing wrong here anymore. <laughs> moving on. Oh, my God. So, all right, oh. moving on to some of the stuff that uh, fans tweeted us about. We had some discussion on whether or not Mr. Ketch was attracted to Mary. And you, you had a boner, you, dude. You two were of the mind, as, as many people were, that he was flirting with her. Yeah. I'm more of the mindset that he's... A sociopath who's trying to recruit a good agent and and that whole Look, worm tongue. Sociopath in, needs sex too. He needed to lay little catch inside. <laughs> oh Mary. Jesus! Make Let's his own nephilim. He wanted, yeah, he wanted her to catch uh, his little catch. Oh, oh. <laughs> that sounds disgusting. Yeah, dude. Why sometimes you, you gotta say catch it. Like it. That? Sometimes <laughs> you just gotta open your mouth and catch it. Oh, okay. Oh, now what? this might just be that I'm you know not the best flirt in the world, so I was like, no, that's, that's clearly nothing. He's just talking more about clear. work. You that's know, clearly evident. So maybe that was it. But a lot of people seem to be of that mind that she was shutting him down in that regard. And I know what shutting being shut down feels like, too. So as a resident expert where you were like, yeah, Mr. Ketch, I understand your plight. Yeah, I'm like, cool, friend zone. I've been there before <laughs> multiple times. Awesome. I'm not going to count Ketch out of the running. He's going to let he's going to slay I, it. It's going to happen. Yeah, he's going to fall into it. It's oh, going to happen. I'm 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 rooting for him. Wow, you're rooting hey, for that. Are, you know, if there's any uh, fan fictioners out there listening, shippers, is there a ship yet for when Mary Winchester and, and Mr. Ketch? Would that be Metch? Or would that be Carrie? Hmm. Yeah. Would that be? I don't, I don't like know. that. I don't like Carrie. I like. Yeah. I, I think like, of the Stephen King book. Metch. Metch is good. Metch, Metch. is good. Yeah. yeah. Come here, Metch. Yeah, I don't Catch-ter. know. Catchster. <laughs> Winchester, Ke- 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 I don't know. That doesn't work at all. That's too Win- many syllables. Yeah, Winchester catch. Oh, <laughs> oh wait, that's a different one. Sorry, that's a different thing. That's entirely. a completely different thing. Sorry. Hey, if you, if you guys know of any Mary Winchester and Mister Catch fan fiction, tweet it at Crossroads SBN. I'm just curious as to where my Win people's catch? minds go. 
<laughs> just it's it's for an exp- uh, social experiment. Yeah, it's, right. it's for science, guys. Yeah, social experiment. Oh, so, oh yeah. Social, okay. Is that how you mask it? Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Yeah. We also had a lot of people tweet us about the parallels that we drew between Samuel and Mary. Uh, Alyssa uh, said to us, "Make uh, Crossroads makes a good point <laughs> talking about the parallels between Samuel and Mary. Totally can see it." And this was the whole idea that she's far more of a Campbell than a Winchester, right. at least last season. I wasn't sure how my remarks on Mary were going to go last last uh, last show, just because it seems like a lot of people are are pro Mary, and they, I guess, because she's kind of, I guess, the fans kind of split on her. Like some people really loathe what she's doing, some people were like defending her. So I wasn't sure how my comments were going to be, you know, construed. Luckily, people took it for what it was, and it's it's not a bad thing. It's it's just an observation, an observation. and I and I wouldn't doubt for a second that the writers were like, "Hey, you know what? Let's draw some parallels." It makes perfect sense. So I was happy to get various messages from listeners saying, "Yes, we totally saw that." Well, I mean, again, because chronologically, she didn't. Know, John Winchester never knew anything about her hunting life until she was dead. So yeah. her only hunting experience was with the Campbells which is a very different mentality. And even John Winchester, we all love him, but he's a dickhead who got people killed and he was a great hunter, but he wasn't the best parent either. He did raise some kids though. Yeah. He could have just dropped him off. He could have just dropped him off at the orphanage. He tried to raise some kids as best he could. Hey, look, he could have gotten rid of them. It's been well established though that Bobby was always more of a father figure to them. Okay, so he's like the uncle, like oh, Uncle Bobby. Uncle. It doesn't uncle, mean that uncle. you know John could have easily just gotten rid of the kids. He could have if yeah. he was a, truly a shitty person. He I'm not saying he he's a shitty person. I said, yeah, he's, simmer down. He's not the best parent, <laughs> and and Mary with the Campbell influence maybe isn't the nicest hunter. You know, and she's clearly not the best parent. Who and is? And Thomas is back to his negative self. <laughs> Fuck everyone. That took no time. So, but I, I'm. I think it was a. Fair assumption. The writers were drawing from what existed in order to yeah, make her fun. feel more real. So yeah, absolutely. I was fine with it. Uh, some fandom was also mix- had mixed feelings on Lucifer's vessel explanation. Uh, Jane Smith says, "I rarely say anything bad about an episode, but I have an issue with this one. Uh, that is the lame explanation for Mark Pellegrino back as the vessel for Lucifer. People may disagree with me on this, but quote: We found your vessel lying around a few <laughs> years ago." Didn't do it for me, but as they say, nothing against my, or, but as this says, nothing against my love for Mark Pellegrino as Lucifer. Let's face it, he is the best uh, for sure and love seeing him back, but the explanation was the only sour point for me in the whole episode, really. Loved the uh, final scene with Lucifer. I mean, I, uh, okay, I, I get that point. I, I do. I absolutely get that. But I mean, what other way could they have done it? You know, like. Right. And this is, and you know what, to be honest and be fair to the writers, were we not playing around the exact same idea for the last several years? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Saying, well, how can they bring him back for real? Well, he did just leave his vessel burnt out. It, he never said he was dead. He said he dropped him somewhere in Chicago, was the words, right, well, Thomas? Well, what we see of, the last time we see the vessel is when Sam finally says yes, and they're in the, like, Detroit, where it always would yeah, happen. Yeah, Detroit, yeah. And he just falls over. Now, presumably he's dead. Let's Let's even presume he is. Lucifer was still in charge at that point, running the demons and all of hell. They did anything for him. They were his little army. So I don't, while I can see her complaint of his, he just kind of pulled out of thin air. It doesn't seem that far-fetched to me that Crowley being who he is immediately after and the demons presumably knowing where they were 
where Lucifer was, mm-hmm. could go back to that apartment and find him. I don't think Jane or the rest of like again, the fandom's pretty split with the emotions. It's mixed emotions because I think everyone's, like everyone's back, happy, but not exactly how they said it happened. Right, and I don't even think Jane's has a problem with necessarily how it was done. Like, in, I don't think she has a problem with that. Nick was found. I think the way it was explained in a matter of seconds. Yeah. Like almost yeah. as an afterthought, that I think is what the problem was. Not that, yeah. not that that's what happened to Nick's vessel. Is that they found it, they 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 upgraded, they, they upgraded it. it. I think it was just because it was really fast and well, it was I'm, to the point. What I mean, yeah, I get that. But at the same time, what did you want a a, a three minute exposition on why how they found the vessel and everything? Like I, we don't need that, right? We we really don't. I mean, it that's kind of why you have mixed yeah reaction. I don't exactly. think it's nec- I don't think it's necessary for that. It's like, hey, look, we found the vessel. Okay, cool. I don't have any other questions. It's it's like, you know, when people ask, oh, did the, do the characters ever go to the bathroom? Because we never see it on screen. You know, it's kind of the same thing. I, I just think that... Dean and Sam don't yeah, use the bathroom. They, they actually don't They're have, too cool for that. They don't poop or pee. No. They're so busy, they have to re-digest uh, all the nutrients. And oh, no right. Waste. And it totally makes no, sense. No, they found a Men of Letters spell that just sucks it, it just up. Sucks, <laughs> just sucks the shit right Sends out of the dimension. It's called a shit spell. It's a colon cleanse, right? It's, it's a colon cleanse. Yeah. Yeah. They have to eat shit first, but once they eat it in the sp- it's part of the spell, then oh. they no longer have to shit again. Is it like the South Park episode where like they put the food in their butt and they poop out their mouth? Is that kind of, oh, is that kind of is that what no. it is? No. Oh, okay. I was <laughs> asking. I understand the you know. I get mixed it. No, feelings. I get it. I get. And it you're too. right. The, the, you when you're writing, you can't take that much time to say it. But also, especially if you don't really want people to pay too much attention, you kind of just want to gloss over it and hope they just run with it. Right. So, yep. I, I think a lot of us are spoiled on, um, unfortunately, cable a lot now. They do take, because they only have 11 or 12 episodes, their pacing is kind of, is a little better and it's to the point, but it also takes two or oh, three episodes TV. to get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like network television, though, you see that all the time. They do these types of explanations quite a bit because you have 42 right. minutes to get to the point and you, of course, want to go back to your procedural format because that's the show. So, yeah. Um, I mean, that's just comes with the territory of network television, right. unfortunately. And I think a lot of us have been spoiled because of the HBOs, the AMCs, the FXs. I think we're, we're accustomed to that more slow paced explanations, not over the top explanations, but things that like, it's a build up. Yeah. Like if this was on HBO, it, it would have just been dropped on you. It probably would have taken two or three episodes. Right. And that would have been the main story the entire season because that's all they a have time. Flashback episode showing them bringing him back and the whole thing or something. Like yeah. That. Yeah. But though. So. I, I think we have to just accept it and move on at this point. I think most people are ultimately happy that he's back. Yeah, absolutely. Regardless yeah, of how it happens. Absolutely. So, uh, also, guys, a little bit of update. The fan fiction contest we've been running, there actually is an end date in sight. Well, yeah, way! Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so I was late on that one. We're down to our final, like, like 10. Something no, like that. Tw- yeah. 12? I don't know. I sent you guys like, I, I was sending like you guys, 90. I sent like 90 of them today, and Ryan's <laughs> like, oh my god. Yeah, I was like, no. No, I'm gonna pick five, and I'm reading five only, not 97. <laughs> no, what the hell? So no. we've narrowed it down to the last bit for us right. here, and then we're gonna narrow it down even more. So what is the essentially end of April. April. April 1st. It's done. April 1st judging is April done. April Fool's Day. That way we lie to everybody and say it's <laughs> right. six months later. Just kidding. Later. Another six months. It's literally, <laughs> it's actually April 2nd. So April okay. 1st and then full, April Fool's Day. It's tomorrow. That's what we'll do. We'll fuck with people a little bit. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> now, we are also going to be giving away two free 
two-month Rainman Digital Premium memberships starting March 6th. Now, Mike, can you explain this, how this is going to work a little bit? You t- <laughs> Just because you, you started. Thomas takes I know, I know. All right. You started that one. We're giving away two free two-month RMD Premium memberships starting March 6th. This does include the Crossroads video cast, and it will involve a drawing of sorts along with a selfie, possibly. That may be one of the things we need. I, I got to talk it over with Thomas because obviously I just dropped this on him today. Because you have this note. I'm like, um, we haven't discussed this. No, but you can you can do a wrong burgundy. Just read it. <laughs> I know. I wasn't asking you to reread the <laughs> sentence. I was asking you to explain. Well, sometimes you just don't read anything at all. It's right. like you skip over like downloading the app, you know, whatever. Yeah. So there's things that you miss. But yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever you say, Ron Burgundy. So March 6th. At 6.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, that's 8.30 Eastern, we will be live on Facebook Live, going Ooh. over the rules the, the, and, and how we're going to do this contest. It's going to all be done within a week. Okay, we're going to tell you what you need to do, the day you need to do it, what you need to do, and boom, you do it. Where to send the videotapes, I mean, what? <laughs> right. <laughs> Where to send the dick pics for Ryan. I, right. Wait, that's wouldn't part it be of the, the other way around? I thought I sent the dick no, pics. No, you want them. What? No, I do. So two free RMD premium memberships for two months to get all the video content for Crossroads that you can handle. Find out March 6th. That's Crotch Monday, 6.30 p.m. Mount Standard, 8.30 Eastern. That'll be exciting. Excitement <laughs> intensifies. <laughs> well, for that. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to get into the discussion of the raid in just a minute. outcry let me tell you why okay yeah shut up because every 65 percent of my family is hispanic okay okay what's the other percentage left it's 65 35 35 35 percent of my family is redneck okay so out of 65 percent of my family not one of them and we talk all the time not one of them gave a shit don't give a shit about donald trump I'm tired of people speaking for me. I'm tired of it. We, yeah, I'm not a part of this. You know what my family's doing? Working a real job they already have. They're working or they're drinking alcohol and getting drunk. There you go. Mm. My, t- my, my, my tío Pancho works on cars all day and he gets fucking hammered <laughs> and then bangs Bertha, his wife. <laughs> That's what my uncle does. Like a real American. Yes. <laughs> and his son Cesar and Cesar, guess what they do? Same thing. They work all day under a hood of a car. They go home, bang Berta, not their mother, the other one. <laughs> they wake up and do it again. They work nine to five. They bang their chicks. They drink. That's it. That's life. God bless America. Yeah. That's a life right there. Nine to five and sex. I don't even get that. <laughs> For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. 
You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code DEAL30 at checkout and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code DEAL30. That's D-E-A-L-30 at adamandeve.com. Hello, everybody. This is Michael Flores. And over the past three years, we have delivered some of the highest quality audio content to be found on the Internet, uh, specifically for podcasting and episodic discussions and breakdowns. And now we're going to need help from the listeners. We have a dollar option if you feel like you just want to support. Uh, every option above that comes with additional content, including shows, behind-the-scenes footage, behind-the-scenes audio, uh, and, of course, the Rayman Digital Premium tier, uh, where you get the Supernatural video cast two to four times a month, including the audio version, uh, Star Trek from the Holodeck, Comic Book Chaos, and the new Whiskey and Wine show, Hangover Betty. So if you go to patreon.com slash Digital, you'll be able to subscribe. So help us out. Donate. It's Weird West Sunday. Horror films were, were kind of shitty. There was no more thought to it. You didn't really care who died and who lived because the killing instantly started. Uh, and there was no development of the characters. And you're like, oh, it's just a gore fest and you don't really care who lives or dies. I'm here. I'm going to strap in for the next 90 minutes. I'm just going to watch random people die that I know nothing about. And that's what Tarantino and Rodriguez was, was trying to do differently. Uh, they took inspirations from uh, Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> Catch up on your favorite Weird West discussions from Mike and Clint every Sunday on Rain Man Channel 001. Listen from the Rain Man digital app or tune in. Just search RM Channel 001. Previously on Supernatural The Crossroads. An explanation of how exactly the cage works would be pretty cool. And I, I don't want it to just be like, oh, God made it. It's whatever, you know. I'd want it, it to be because more God that. made it. Oh, okay, sweet. Okay, cool answer. Thanks. These chains were made for his sex maneuvers. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's got a hanging. His old sex he's, dungeon. He's got a hanging swing, a sex swing in there too. Oh. That's why he was traumatized by that's, spending all that time in there. No, that's why he. That's what. Oh, no, wait a second. The Lucifer's son. That's odd. I, yeah. That's what he's been doing. He to had Adam. to spend an eternity. <laughs> oh, oh God. Adam's been getting all in the right. sex swing. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Adam's broken right yeah, now. Yeah, he's like, uh, oh my god, that's terrible. I would like to know a little bit more about that, about the sex swing. Sure, why not? <laughs> Explain the sex swing. He puts them in stirrups. Like he's got, dude, he's just got Adam oh hanging there god. with his legs spread wide open. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> there we go. That's some fan fiction right yeah. there. Take this, Michael. Okay, we don't need an. We don't like, need you don't want angel wins. You don't want as well. Yeah, it's angel cest. Oh, what's wrong with that? They're like, they're kind of like you need. You need your own fan fiction they're website. They're kind of ambiguous. That's just eighteen plus to enter. No, it probably should be. Yeah, it probably should be like thirty-five to enter. Yeah, Brian will be arrested immediately by the FBI. Right? What? Good lord! Dude, it, I can write whatever I want. 
people 12 years ago. No, she's, and she's going through the motions. Yeah, she's not even really a mom in many respects. For her, what do you want her to do? Like b- make cookies for Come you? Come here, Dean. Time for breastfeeding. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like, come on, man. No. Well, first of all, Sam was a baby, so she would probably still be doing that. Oh. But like she said in the beginning of the season, for her. <laughs> Come here, Sam. You always like the left hit. Oh. <laughs> Try the right hit. It's more scrumptious. Oh. What your dad always says. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> that is. That is. That is. Backing up. Getting out of this dark <laughs> We are disgusting, I must say, sometimes. No way, we're awesome. <laughs> Just listening back to clips now and then, I'm like, Jesus, we said that. Yeah, but see, they, see the difference between you and me is... I don't care that I said it. I'm not saying I, I regret saying it. I'm just amazed that no. we came up with that even. You regret it. So. All right, guys. Now we're talking about the raid. Ryan, do you have the synopsis for us? Sure. Let me get there. All right. So <laughs> Mary and the British men of letters have a chance to take out a nest of vampires, but the alpha vent turns the table on them. I like how the synopsis has been changing over the last couple of episodes. It feels yeah. like they start with one that's more vague, and then they've after the episode's aired, they change it to what it like actually is. I kind of appreciate that just because there's not spoilers then in the be- in the beginning bit. And I didn't watch the trailer. Did anybody here watch the trailer? I, for this I don't episode? watch the trailers for any of the episodes. Mike, did you? I am not able to watch trailers anymore because they decided to do away with them because they have a stupid promo that says Riverdale's about to start momentarily. <laughs> so they did away I with previews for Supernatural so they can the promote oh, a show up. so they can promote a show that's literally going to start in five seconds. Yeah, it's so frustrating. But, See, as I watch it on you, the internet, so I have the trailer right beneath. You, 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 know, you know, you know what we need to start doing. You know, what we need to start doing like so we can do the same Shitting thing on the CW. No, like on the second, right before we go to the segment three, the final segment, we should just cut it and say momentarily. <laughs> nothing to prove. Podcast is coming on next, and they miss the entire segment three because it's the exact same thing. Yeah, the previews are just as important to many people as the TV show. We want to see what's yeah. next. See, I. I I don't give a shit about Riverdale. <laughs> but I paint the Stop picture. singing. Dude, how many times I've heard that over the last dude, fucking month or two. fucking stab somebody. Anywho, switching gears back to positive things. Sorry. I I don't remember. I didn't see the trailer, but I don't remember hearing anything about the alpha vamp showing up before I actually saw him show up in the episode. Yeah. So I was really happy about that. I, well, I love avoiding spoilers at all, if at all possible. Right now... Let me contradict myself because I because Riverdale does say starting in 30 seconds. <laughs> I, I was surprised because I didn't see the alpha in the preview. So and so it kind of worked in a good way for me. This yeah, it week. kind of works out. Yeah. Now, this one was directed by John McCarth- McCarthy, right? Yep. All right. Got that right. Jesus. Dude, that's the most simple. <laughs> well, I was wondering if it was Do you not know any names? McCarthy. I was wondering if there was more emphasis on the Mac because of the two C's. Mac- Probably. McCarthy. I'm assuming it would be. And written by Robert Behrens. Oh, you got one right. Yeah, thank you, Ryan. I'm Robert B. Renz. B. <laughs> Robert B. Aaron's. Is that how you say oh, it? God. Or is it Bear Ian's? Now, McCarthy has directed three <laughs> previous episodes back in season seven. He had the girl with the Dungeons and Dragons tattoo. Uh, season nine, Rock and a Hard Place. And in season 10, he had asked Jeeves, but nothing for season 11. Which isn't unheard of. We talked to Guy Normanby I mean, sometime last year, I believe, and he said, you know, directors come in through it and swap out. It's it's weird compared to what people think of with movies, but with television, it's it, the writers are usually the same and the directors are kind of a mixed bag. It depends. But I, I liked The Girl with the Dungeons and Dragons tattoo. That was one of my 
more preferred episodes of season seven with the like kind of Mission Impossible feel to it mm-hmm. as she was trying to sneak through the Leviathan stronghold. And I I don't remember Rock in a Hard Place quite well, but I do remember Ask Jeeves and I liked that one as well. And Robert Barron's we've we've praised his writing for Robert years B. now. Aaron's get it right. God. <laughs> we've praised his writing for quite a while and it shows again in this episode because this one was incredibly well paced and incredibly well written. And we got a lot of cool stuff, like we said, with this one. And the first thing, it picks up right where the previous episode left off, which I know is something which a was, lot of people wanted. Yes, thank and you. And I think really worked well for this, because that was a heated discussion, as we saw. And wow, did that kind of hurt as the beginning of the episode, with Dean, Dude, Dean calling what? her Mary. Instead of mom? Instead of mom. Dude. And you just call, flat out look, saying, there's the door. Look, when you call your parents by their actual name, when you actually... You got some balls. You, a, you've got balls. B, you are playing with fire at that point. Because I know if I called my mother Kathy or my dad Terry, they would freak out. Like, it's just not a thing. You just don't do that. So that, A, was very disheartening to watch. And then for him to just be, all right, mom, kick rocks. There's the door. Yeah, that was rough, dude. That was real rough. So why do you think they started the episode that way? For for a lot of reasons. For one, it was an important character moment for Dean and Mary. And also kind of a turning point for Mary. She has been throughout this whole season, as Dean frankly calls her out on it, you know, you said you needed space, you said you needed time, you did all this stuff, but then when, like, push comes to shove and you were okay, quote, as best you could be, you end up working with them and put us on the back burner, second fiddle, in many ways. And I feel like that conversation is where Mary kind of gets it, that she before has had them as strangers who essentially claim to be her kids. But I feel like this here really makes her feel like these are her kids because they do have that abandonment issues and that pain that comes from this conversation you know to hear your kid call you by your first name yeah and you know what up until this point i was probably uh i was i don't know it's a weird situation because i really like mary winchester and i've been on her side since day one like i understood her point of view on this but the way the writers wrote it this week i i don't want to talk about sides because i don't think it's about taking sides i think it's about you know just perspective Ultimately, but it was very hard for me not to feel for Dean this week and kind of understand where he's coming from, because, yes, I'm not a believer. And, hey, she's your mother and you're a little kid. But he has a valid point when he said I was never a kid. Yeah, that hit hard. I thought and I thought she that was and really she kind of slipped up when she said you're not a kid like she does. Do you have any idea what they've gone You've through? been on hiatus for 30 years. You yeah. have no, no idea. It was, a, it was yesterday. She has no idea no. what kind of hell they've been literally and and uh, metaphorically. metaphorically have been living through for the past 30 plus years. And for her to just chalk it off as you're not a kid. That's that's bullshit. Yeah. Now, correct me if I'm uh, if I'm wrong here. But I, I, I has it ever been established that when someone goes to heaven, that they're not able to see their family members in on earth still, because you know how there's they're not, always, I was going to say, cause you know how there's always that, Oh, they're looking down on us. You know, like that kind of baloney. Supernatural does so, not seem to describe, uh, subscribe they have never really said anything about it. Though. No, well, they're, they're in their own heaven. They're in their own. Okay, so I remember that Bobby asks in season 10, when they do the seance, what's been going on. And Sam has to relay to him the whole Mark of Cain thing. So clearly okay. he didn't know. Okay. I just, and, I wasn't for sure. I, and Jimmy Novak, when he finally met up with his wife, when she died, right. He asks about Claire because he doesn't know. So, 
I think the only person who probably could have was Ash because he found like the way to jump between dimensional right. heavens. He was using science. Science, science magic. Yeah. Well, that's what he was doing. He was using science and uh, and magic. Right. So the I thought letters good. would have liked him. Yeah. So, so bringing it back, though, to Dean, emotionally and realistically yeah. speaking, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think if you were to look, if you were to take Dean as a real individual, I think they're doing justice to a fictional character and making him very real. Because a lot of times they say um, when someone undergoes physical trauma like he did mentally. Mm-hmm. psychologically uh seeing his mother burn alive on a roof losing her at such a young age having to raise his brother they say that that's a lot like drug use meaning just like when you start doing drugs you quit mentally growing sometimes and it's a lot of times you were stuck in the traumatic event psychologically of w- of the age that it happened to you so it makes a lot of sense for him to want his mother. He has, we already know that they have daddy issues. They have mother issues. And he's, ha- I mean, again, the darkness, if we don't see it already, I mean, it's there. The darkness gave him what he wants most. Okay. Out of everything in his life, everything, not peace of mind, not the monster lifestyle, not peace and happiness for him and Sam, not his father bring back, not Bobby being brought back. His mother. Yeah. So for this, for her to not be a mother like he wanted, because again, he's stuck emotionally. I I get where he's coming from. Yeah. This week a lot. I completely understand his hurt. You know, and it's, it's, I like how it's done because it's written in a way that's almost impossible to hundred percent solve. There's really is no way. Yeah. For him, like you just said, he's stuck in that pain and it'll never really go away. And no matter what, he'll never have been a kid, like he said. You know, that'll never he change. Can't, he can't go back and change But at the same that. time, Mary will never play catch-up adequately. For her, she had little kids, a five-year-old and a newborn. And now she has... Then she died, but then she was in heaven, where that's where she was, like, temporarily, right, forever, right. for 30 years. So she lost everything in a night, as far as she... It's a no-win situation. ...understands, exactly. There's never really going to be 100% men from that. There's only what can you do with the cards that are given to you, which I like that element as well, because that's very much true to life in a lot of ways. And I think opening up from that scene really helped the writing in a lot of ways. Robert Barron's did a great job with that start because it gives us that emotional tone for that first argument where he he doesn't even want anything to do with her. He's done. You know, when you say that she's like, I've see him die every night and he says good you know that was hard there's that a was, lot he said a lot of hurtful things and even sam you know <laughs> says you should go that's that's tough for anybody but then we move forward a couple of days and it allows us to kind of mentally put that distance when we see the text messages you know two days ago two Cold days shoulder. ago yesterday see I've, I've had that happen to me before but the chick just for some reason would oh, not shit. text me back i do not <laughs> know why it was like that but that's what happened Is that weird Jesus Christ. Anyway, I thought it was a good setup for the writing because it allows him to do this parallel narrative with that one starting point of this is where the discussion started. This is where they broke up and ended. And then we see Mary's side. We see Sam and Dean's side. And even that Sam and Dean then splinters off. I think Sam even has a different perspective. And I and I, that's where I, yeah. I, I disagree a bit with. Uh, I want to agree with Dean a bit. And I also disagree when he said, hey, pick a side. Um, yeah. Because I did, believe it or not, 
when I was watching the episode, it was kind of funny when Mary looks at Sam and Dean walks away and says, I think you know where the door is at or whatever his words were. I think you need to go. Um, I was before Sam said, it, I said, come on, Sam, please you back up your bro. Back up your bro. Like in this, <laughs> in this instant, I think you need to back him up. And I said it out loud. And he said, when he looked at her and said, I think you need to go, I, I was, I felt good. I was like, good. He need, there needs to be a time when he does, he doesn't need to always play the middle the third, and, and third, play the yeah. Sometimes you need to not be the middleman. Sometimes think, you need to push somebody else into realizing something. I think ultimately this season, him playing the middle, being neutral, I think has worked for, for this very reason. The, and then it goes to show you the thought process behind the writing, behind the writing room this year. They've been having Sam play the middle a lot more this season yeah. so that this scene would mean that much more. Yeah. The fact that he was with yep. Kaz, the fact that he was with his mom, mm-hmm. the fact that he was shrugging things off and letting Dean kind of fight his own battle this season. It meant so much more when he did look at his mother and you're like, wow, he he's actually not playing the middle. He's not neutral. Yeah. So it, I, I think that the, I think that was the payoff. All, all yeah, well, I agree. It's refreshing. I mean, it's refreshing because we've seen uh, actually, you know what, man, we've seen Sam play the middle a lot in a lot of situations. He usually does. He usually does. And it's nice to finally see him have Dean's back on something other than hunting or killing stuff. It's nice to see him have his back like, hey, you kind of betrayed us yeah. in, in, in a lack of the, of the uh, you know, a better yeah. word that she t- kind of did. And I think. Yeah, I think you're right. At Mike. the very least, she hurt them. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. whether or not it was intentional, you know, it wasn't obviously. You know, right. but right. she did. The damage is done. She did hurt them. There's nothing she can't convince them otherwise. You can't just when you hurt someone, you can't be like, "Why? Why did I hurt you?" Well, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a human being. Yeah. Right, right. It works in a lot of ways, and I think that was a good, like I said, I, that was a good way to set the tone. And and you see, Sam, even though he is kind of a little bit on the fence in the beginning because he's looking at the phone checking for messages, but he still hasn't read them. I do agree that that was the ultimate payoff in this. And that's one thing that I've talked about before in a couple other episodes, but I've always, I I always liked the idea of it was Sam's story from the eyes of Dean when Kripke first had his seasons one through five, his, his run. Right. And in recent years, it's been a lot more Dean focused through the Mark of Cain and his fight with the first blade and, and, you know, him in the darkness and stuff. And Sam was kind of a sideline character. So I did like seeing him not be in the middle and make that decision and be with Dean on that. But you see him also make his own decisions at the end of this episode, too, which gave me very much a season one vibe or, or at least the early seasons where they're not, he's not all the way back to where he's lying to his brother. Right. Because he said, give him time. And there's nothing that says he won't discuss this with him next episode. But it did feel very much like that old style, but without repeating itself. I don't know how to explain that any other way necessarily. But that worked for me. Ryan's such a troll, dude. I got mad right now because I didn't know who it was. <laughs> All I saw was he's a sissy and he finally makes a decision not to be a sissy. Thank the guys. And then I'm like, oh, you motherfucker. And I look <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's, it's Ryan. Yeah. It's in, right. the, in the chat room trolling. What are you talking? It's not trolling. It's true. Like, look, You're trolling man, Mike. It's not right true now. because you were just saying the opposite <laughs> on the microphone. You're trolling the chat room. I may, or maybe I'm trolling the show. You don't know which one Jeez. I'm being serious about. You're derailing the show, goddammit. That's true. I'm, I'm gregging the show. Anyway, 
So I, I appreciated Baron's ability to write that as a convincing argument as well between parents that didn't feel forced or it didn't feel like I completely sided with one side or yeah. the other. Right. I was like, I agree, Dean, and, and I can see Sam's point of view, but Mary's not like a total evil person either. No, she's so, not at all evil. You know, and like she said, she's like, I'm not just a mom. It's hard for them to realize that she was this other person, you know, so I liked how realistically that was written or I felt at least that it was very realistic. Yeah. Now, in this episode, we also get to see the inner workings of the British Men of Letters and their camp, essentially, in America. And a little bit more into what the fuck they're doing and what their ultimate goal is. And that was something I was really happy to see. We've been talking about them, obviously, for 14 episodes now and what what exactly their plan is. And I, as many don't, don't trust them for crap. But we kind of see the veil was pulled away a bit and we get to see what they're doing and it's very interesting because they're very good at what they do very very good at what they do but they don't they don't multitask well no they're they're they they set out on one path and they take care of that path before they get somewhere else there's you you can only be so good when you're as arrogant as they are exactly and that's exactly that's the reason why they will fail in the end yep. and why they failed this week and it's it's that whole America's a different beast. Even the Alpha said, you know, eh, England was England. I didn't really give a shit, but you came here and now I'm pissed. You know, they... When the Alpha said that, I expected like the Star Spangled Banner to start playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> this is America. Exactly. America. Guns firing off in the background. He starts barbecuing he in there. beer he right there. Drinking a Coors. <laughs> Helicopters fly over. Fucking white bitches. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Uh, Beckys. <laughs> anyway... America. Their arrogance really did show its full disastrous nature in this episode because they were so confident. I mean, they have fucking desk jobs, and that's kind of what the American Hunters always like kind of gave yeah. them that vibe. You know what the I fuck have you're talking three PhDs. about? PhDs. Well, you still ended up dead, didn't you? <laughs> oh, well, she's like, I have three PhDs. Is like, we're very proud of you. That was funny, but he's a dick. <laughs> all of them, though. Everybody in that room, I like Mr. Davies, but like, and Mr. Ketch, but the rest of them were all like, um, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, <laughs> we type on keyboards. One guy flinched right. when Mary cut the head off of the vampire. Yeah, I'm, like, like, ah. I'm like, dude, you're a middle of letters and you're flinching. It's because he's never been out in the real world. And I liked that. Yeah. Meaning it showed how multifaceted the men of letters is. They, they aren't hunters. They are behind the scenes. We're going to figure this out with cool magical spells and technology. They're not the grimy truck drivers like the hunters are. Right. These you know, are accountants. It's it's the way it's kind of a blue collar white collar yeah. comparison. Yeah. Yeah. You know, their white collar Brits have their desk jobs and they've never really been out in the field and they don't really know what they're doing, but they're educated and they have their own advantages. Meanwhile, American hunters are more the blue collar setup where they're right. very rugged, very gruff. They have rough no respect for you if you don't show that you've done hard work or understand where they're coming from. And small little things, most hunters bond over small shared experiences, you know, because they understand that life where it's, you know, the British Men of Letters are very disorganized as a group. They, they're, they're organized as a corporation, but they don't give a fuck about individuals. They don't really know anything outside of their department. There's no water cooler moments for them. It they, isn't real to them. They do their job and they don't even really realize that they're uh, well, murdering well, things. Yeah, they, they, I think I think that was kind of the point this week was like it was. Like, sh- go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. go ahead. It's to show how robotic they are. Yeah, it's to show that this is this has this is not a lifestyle for them. This is a job. 
and it, you see them. This is this is something that they they approach us and they and they don't quite look at us. Hey, we're just killing these beings. You know, we're killing yeah. mo- like we are doing a job. We're doing a service. We're killing these monsters. And you know what? It doesn't matter if you know. They they technically are still humid looking. It doesn't matter. They're monsters. Yeah. So they're they're showing up. That this point was to show us just how much of a job or a career this is for them. Not you know not, not a lifestyle like basically how the, the the Winchesters are. Yeah, and I you know not to delve into social politics too much, but I'm pretty sure there was a little bit of a social politics push there uh, or foreign policy politics. I should say. Yeah. I mean, sitting behind the computers not seeing that it's real and you're pushing buttons while you're dropping drones on people's lives and even though they are bad now let's say per se here air quotes here let's say they're bad individuals but what about the casualties you know yeah there's more to it there's more to it than that and i think that's kind of what they were going after was to show how disconnected the men of letters are to people and that this this hunting thing is they're so emotionally disconnected from it they're not really taking in the full gravitas of the entire situation and therefore that's why they fail because they don't have their their uh their fingers on the pulse per se well, and that shows how they're so unconnected with how America works. They're not even connected with how their own system works right. outside of the mm-hmm. office. You know, Mr. Catch is, I liked the interaction between Davies and Catch because it showed a lot of the disconnect between the upper management and the boots on the ground. Yeah, you we, know? we got an inside look. You know, he says, sure. he sends a text message like, where are you? Because frankly, we need you here. Because nobody knows how to change the light bulb kind of thing. That that was that vibe very much. You see the panic and fear when Sam and Mary are like, okay, we every weapon on the table, what do we got? Who's killed anything? And they're all like, oh, there was a fly count? I, like, that was it. They had no experience outside of paperwork. And I think that shows very much the difference with how they're not going to, like you said, Mike, they're going to fail in America because... America is such a huge country, and a lot of people who have never been don't really understand that to the the degree in which How America is we are fucking here. huge. Whole other continents almost can fit in America, especially yeah. Europe, where we, we don't have that. It can entire countries in Europe can fit in a state here. Yeah, I mean, guys, what you need to understand is that if you drive three hundred miles in Europe, you might hit ten different countries. Like that's what you need to understand at some point. So. You're probably still in one state here. Yeah, you're yeah, you're still in one state here. So depending on what you're where you went. Yep. And I think that you know, we catch says it to Davies himself. He's like, "Well, sorry that you kind of saw what it's like, but down here in the muck, people die." You know, that again that disconnect. In England, they probably have it set up where there's, you know, cameras and there's uh, a boots on the ground every stoplight and they always have their warding, so there's never really work. It's just fill out the paperwork for how many monsters you killed that day, move on. In America, it's very much the dirtier job. It's not easy. It's not. Yeah, they're not hands on, except yeah. for a few exactly. of the, of the, the, the train, like, like yeah, the train and Lady are. Bevel. Like there's very. Yeah. It seems to be like they're more, you know, pencil pushers rather than. There's tr- two true different killers. Groups. Yeah, I mean, we see that with Sam at the bunker or their you know shipping container Lego set. I like that place. I, that it looks cool. cool. I like the design. Dude, it looked way, way tech. Like, so I wasn't the only person that went all kid on that. No, like, I, I was, it was like, really this is ass. a cool hangout. Yeah. I'm like, dude, can we make that? <laughs> it's a nice fort you got there. <laughs> dude, that's a pillow fort. Like, that's a legit pillow fort, bro. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I liked I liked the look of it and the design as well. I thought it made sense too with shipping containers. Like, yeah, you just whatever they can move with them, you know, across the way and set up. It was interesting to see that the design, the architectural design of the inside of the the British Men of Letters was still, even though it was contemporary and modernized, it still fit a similar design as what we saw in the 1950s bunker. Right, the table. I, I like that setup. attention yeah. to detail, saying letting you know it's still the same ish, but not. You know, I like that. It was cool. Yeah, and there we find out a part of their big plan to eradicate all the vampires in America. And right there, his, his condescending, like, "Well, if you want to stick around, we're going to show you how to do this fucking job that you couldn't do for your entire life." <laughs> hmm. He's like, "Fuck you, dude." First of all, and like even Sam says, "Like, how do you think that's?" gonna work out like do you really think you can do that but that not just the arrogance there but the fact that they had the capability to do that right shows a lot that was i heard it through social media and i saw a little bit on the chat that is wmd genocide level capability yeah that's that's they have people targeted through satellites and very much like mike said you know they were just numbers on a grid for them this is the target it's a red zone 10 units killed it, and you press a button and a fucking drone goes out. You know, that is very much that style that they had there. But that shows their capabilities to wipe out an entire group. Yep. With that, that's some hardcore shit. And that's stuff to be, you know, fearful of. That right there, they think it's cool. But that's why, you know, the American British men of letters are like, or American British, the American hunters are like, we don't trust you guys for crap. I don't think you should that power level right there. There's a yeah, there's a lot there that's like you just you go straight to not trusting and it and it makes perfect sense why they can't recruit anybody. It, it just it makes absolute perfect sense. Well, I I don't know. I, I think there are some sociopath hunters out there. Oh yeah, they should have had a couple. That would be one hundred percent on board with this. But again, they're trying to draw the differences between Sam and Dean as they did this week between Dean and Mr. Catch. And then yep. also Sam, I, I don't think for a second Sam's on board. He, I, he's not on board with this. I think Dude. it's, I think it's much deeper than what they're leading on. I think he's there to maintain control yeah. of it Do you, because I think he fears it. I think he fears that they can, I don't think he was okay with them just mass wiping out no. vampires. I'm willing to bet that he was not joking when he said, kill Davies and let me and my mom go. Well, even when he said, we'll kill a couple, you kill a couple, we'll go back to the way things were, that balance. Yeah. And that's been a central theme this entire season. I believed him. Do you think... I believed him because I don't think he was on board with that. Do you think maybe that he is sticking around or trying to stay close so he can keep an eye... Like, keep an eye on what's going on. Your friends close and your enemies closer. Yeah, and I think... I I truly think that's what it is. And I, I think you're right, Mike. I think when he said... You know, kill Davies. I'm like, oh shit! Like, I truly believe. I was like, oh damn, that's that's what's going to happen here. Yeah. I thought that was. This is. I guess we're jumping ahead, which is fine. But let's uh, let's just get into it then before, because then we got to go to a live break in about five minutes. Okay. Okay. Or a live read. Um, Sam's to me, Sam's decision uh, this week made a lot of sense to his character. He didn't join the Men of Letters because he believes in their cause. I think it's more about a sense of responsibility. I think now that he was inside that bunker and he saw the inner workings, I think he feels that they're dangerous. And he needs to be in the inside so that they could <coughs> kind of maintain some type of control because look what they did. Like, I'm not saying he cares for vampires. I'm saying, look what they did. They kicked open a hornet's nest and, and you brought, and you brought out the alpha and you weren't ready and you got people killed. Well, so right either a, he's going to help them get controls. Like guys, if we're going to kick 
over Hornet's Nest, then I'm going to make sure you guys know what's out there. And if you don't, and so I think it's more of a sense of responsibility because that's Sam to a T. Caring about people's lives, even if he doesn't necessarily care in the cause, he will take the high road so that he can save lives. Well, not just that he's going to save lives of other people, but save their own fucking lives. If he wasn't there, everyone in that bunker would have died. Exactly. And right there, he sees that they're essentially arrogant kids with toys that are fighting something they don't 100% understand. Things are different here. So I feel like some of it is him joining the mental letters to, like we said, keep an eye on them and, and pay attention to their power level, but also to keep some of those fuckers alive and not shoot exactly. themselves in the face. Because exactly. clearly they have no skills when it comes to the field. None. And that totally... They don't know what they're fucking with. And that totally makes sense to Sam's genetic makeup and what we've seen of him and how right. he does. He will make the decision he may not necessarily agree with to if save he thinks people. he can save people. And after seeing how many people died in that room, again, I'm not saying it's about vampires. I'm thinking it's more about those people. They're in over their heads. They don't know everything they think they do. They thought the Alpha was in Morocco for 10 years for the past 10 years. So what else do they think they know? That they fucking they don't. don't know. And well, they we didn't are, know about Lucifer. Exactly. We already know that Sam and Dean are plus 100 over the Men of Letters. The Men of Letters may have cool gadgets and cool spells, but they're not dealing with things on a cosmic level like the Winchesters are doing. They're not dealing with Lucifer and God and all the gods, the pagan gods. They're dealing with, for the most part, monsters. Yeah. That's their thing. Well, they don't, they don't think they know a whole... They know about angels and demons and monsters, but they don't know the severity of which the Nephilim's going to push their shit in yeah, if and, they can't handle an alpha. Right. And yeah. we saw the warding that they have for angels. It's a, yes, they understand the, the layout of the, of the universe. But I don't think they understood archangel power and anything beyond that. Yeah. They understand, you know, basic bitch angel. <laughs> right. No, you're right. And, and I, I think they are a force to reckon with. I just don't think they know what to do with that power. Yeah. I, again, they've gotten fat and lazy. They keep using key words, old men. And we always know that when you use the word old men, you think of old, lazy men who are in power, who've gotten comfortable. Who are out of touch and out of yeah. touch with reality. Yeah. So. so. All right, guys, we're going to do a quick Patreon live read here. So we have been doing this show for about three years now. Four? Yep. Three Something, years. Three, four, five, three, Almost four years. Now. 19 years. 87 years we've been doing If we were doing it in hell, yes. 87 years. <laughs> 87 years we've been doing Supernatural at the Crossroads. Let's see how many people we can get to donate a dollar before the end of the broadcast. Can we whoa, do that? Whoa, look at you putting people on the spot there. I know, right? Because I wrote it. The <laughs> <laughs> so guys, if you already pledged, don't worry about anything like that. But we have been doing the show for nearly four years. And there is a lot of additional content in there for all of you. And it's, it's stuff that we put a lot of time and effort into. It's additional Crossroads video casts. It's, it's hours of content. I mean, it's additional episodes like this. Talking about previous seasons. Talking about the cult, for example, was the yep. most recent one. But simply donating a dollar a month to the network helps us continue to grow, continue to do more for you guys. And every dollar counts that you can get. Even if we get 10% of our audience, our total audience for the Rain Man Digital Network to donate just a buck, that would do everything we needed. Yeah, don't be that person that said, hey, you know what? The other guy will donate a dollar. Because if everyone, obviously everyone's thinking like that. 
<laughs> because we're not we're not hitting the the goals that I thought we would hit by releasing the Patreon. I was urged by so many people to say, "Hey, do the Patreon, do the Patreon." And I appreciate every single one of our listeners and the people who are donating, but if you just if you guys help us out with a dollar, I mean there's obviously some value, monetary value to our show. So even a dollar helps. It really does. Like it, if, if 10% Thomas is right. If 10% of our audience donated a dollar, we it would change everything for this network. Ryan could quit his other his day job, and he would I would be able to pay him to work for me full time. Guys, let, let's be honest. Doing supernatural. What's talk. what's the difference of shoving a dollar in a stripper's ass crack uh, or giving us a dollar? I don't think they do that. Oh, they oh they don't. Oh, well, maybe. well that's what I do. It's our listener, so maybe they do. Oh, okay, yeah, it's true. <laughs> With the British metal letters and their whole mentality, I do think Sam is kind of playing a smarter game. Than they realize. Like Davies was kind of shocked. He was like, You're going to actually help us? It, it felt like that kid who just got beat up and then this other guy beat up the bully in a way. So the, I think they're very much out of their element more than they realize. Now, the cool thing, I, I originally, as this episode was playing out, I thought this was a calculated move by the British Middle Letters, Davies and Ketch to go after Sam and Dean through two different means that target their own personal weaknesses. You know what? And after I watched the episode, when I was thinking about it, I thought this could end up being that. That's what I thought. Going into it, that's what I thought was happening. Sam, they they tug on the heartstrings with Mom just a bit and show him this level of destruction, and he sees that they only have, you know, I don't even remember his name, Pierce? One doofus. Was it Aaron Douglas character? Yeah. Yeah. One doofus as their hunter... They're his mom, and that's it. Maybe Mr. It's a Catch. Pretty, it's a pretty know? small team. I mean, right I, there, that's going to drag on his heartstrings of, hey, maybe I should listen to this maybe because I should help. someone's going to die probably if right. I don't help him out because the, they're not at a full stack at this point. Yeah. I mean, I could see that definitely being the case, even retrospectively, like them going back and showing that this was all a plan to kick op- to kick over the hornet's nest so the alpha would come so that Sam would feel the sympathy. I mean, we already know they studied these people. They studied Sam and Dean vigorously before they started pursuing them out here in the U.S. They've right. already said Sam and Dean are important, vitally important to taking over America and getting the other hunters on board. We already know that the old men have a plan. So regardless whether Davies and Ketch are involved in the masquerade, I don't know. I'm kind of leaning to the fact that they're going to end up being on the outs and the old men will end up being the ones with the bad agenda. Yeah. Which, yeah. I, which I'm okay with that because I'm, I'm starting to like Davies and Mr. Ketch a lot. I do. They are growing on me too, as well. I Ke- like him Ketch a lot for sure. Davies, I'm like, mm, but catch his yeah, beard. A mixed M- bag. Mr. Davies' beard bothers uh, me. It's too. It's thick. too. It's too nice. It's too nice and too thick. Dude, like, <laughs> I'm probably jealous <laughs> because it's so nicely cut. It's too nice. It's too nice. Look, it's, it's nice and thick and no. It's, cut. It's, I think you guys said thick. nice, thick, that, and cut like nine no, times. No, no, no. First nice of all, shadowing. Vascular. Very what? Very vascular. Look, okay. A thick beard is what I have on my face. What he had was a well manicured beard, which no. First of all, Kane had a nice thick beard. Let's be honest here. No, it looks like it looks like with your beard, your beard's thick, Ryan. But I could still so I could other... still see like your skin. Like I could still see like if I needed to go up to your chin, I could see flesh. Like his beard is so thick, you it looks like flesh? he's all beard. He, he like shaves. He, has, he, he ha- shaves that beard right before every scene. <laughs> he probably does. That's, that's just how fast it grows. I, I had a friend oh, from. No. Uh, I had a, a friend from Iran that uh, growing up in high school, uh, and he. 
I always used to make fun of him because, dude, the guy was like 17 years old and the poor dude had to shave literally twice a day because Jesus. he had a beard just like that dude. That's just pretty like badass, him. though. That is. Oh, well, you're a gangster in high school. Yeah. But, oh, like, dude, but you eventually you're going to get school. tired of it. Eventually you're going to be like, oh, shit. Eventually you're like, hey, you know what, man? I'm going to go with a mustache and yeah. then it's all over for you. Yeah, right. then it's done. Now, I did think that it was kind of like a, a split tactic and that they sent Catch off to get Dean's help because they knew that Sam was here. So separate them and, and attack their weaknesses. Sam's weakness, you know, clearly being helping other people, even if he doesn't agree with the system or what, how they're doing things, he still tries to help people. Meanwhile, who better to send after Dean and maybe convince him then in many respects, Mr. Catch, he makes a good point between their love of scotch and their love of beating up and or killing things. Obviously they have a different line on what exactly they like to beat up. But it worked. It made sense to me. I, I believed that Dean would let him in for a conversation, A, to try the scotch, but then that whole, you're a killer, you know, if, if you don't fight something, if you're not killing something, you have a problem. And that's been discussed, not just with the Mark Cain, but other seasons before that. That's been a, a shadow that's over a Dean. Thing. That's been something that's been over Dean for a long time. I remember that I think element the days all the of way Gordon. To, we talked about it yeah. last week. Uh, from the very first season, right? With Gordon? The uh, hunter that turned so. vamp? Yeah, I mean, they were questioning that killer instinct way back in season one. Yeah. So, He's I mean... always we, been violent. And we know that's you know. very realistic. I mean, the guy grew... Think about it. The, guy, the kid was killing things since he was, what? Since he can five. hold a gun since he was five, six years old? So, I mean, it, it does make sense to be a part of his genetic makeup to be, to f- not feel completely satisfied as an individual unless he's killing something. And I'm not saying he's a, a sociopath like, like, um, like Mr. Catch. Yeah. But obviously there is a killer instinct within him. And there's, there's, there may be even be a need. I don't know if there is, if that's what they're saying, but they're definitely trying to lay it on so that it's, it builds up something for Dean, like an emotional, you know, barrier that he's gonna have to break later down the road because they're gonna they're gonna tackle this before the show ends. This is gonna be a big thing to yeah. to result to the uh, the ultimate resolve of Dean Winchester's life. I think because it has to. They already tried to do it in season five when they thought the show was gonna end. end. Five beginning of six, and then there was he was dragged back into the lifestyle. Yeah, and they questioned it then. You're like you can't do a normal life, so it's gonna come back. They have to in order to be true to Dean's character. They're gonna always have that question yeah. of. Can Dean be normal? Does Dean need to kill? I like it. I, I do too. I, yeah, no, I was going to say I agree. I, I think it's a good mm-hmm. idea that they need to finish. And I think there is this episode in a very uncomfortable scene. There was a glimmer of hope to Dean ev- eventually being able to move past it. Catch we know is a sociopath, psychopath. Yeah. One of those two. I'm not sure exact definition at this point. Because he is very violent beyond Extremely anything we've violent. seen. You know, they let Magda go. They've, they've let other people go. Dean regrets some of the kills he's had to make over the years, but he still does a lot of it. And even when he knows they're monsters in this episode, we see that he's not a monster himself, you know, catch violently hitting the vampire. Even if she is a vampire, it's still just uncomfortable as hell to watch. And, and Dean himself is flinching at it as I'm sure the entire audience was, because he sees much like it reminded me of how Lucifer sees demons as just this subhuman, insignificant creature, like an ant that it just needs to be crushed. And Dean's, you know, not 
it shows that he's not 100%. Oh, yeah, you can just walk out the door. It's totally fine because she is still a vampire. There is probably going to still be a revenge plot against them. She still will eventually kill people, but his whole semi-mercy killing of making it quick shows that he's not as far gone as Mr. Ketch is. There is a difference between those two, even if they want to draw a comparison. Yeah, they're definitely contrasting the two. They've been doing that all year between the, yeah. between you know Sam and Dean and 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 the British Men of Letters. Yeah. So now I did like the idea of the vampires striking back at the British Men of Letters so, place. Yes, I I did too. Uh, see, I I liked it, and it, it was it was a it was refreshing change of what I thought was going to happen. Yeah, I thought for sure Catch was leading. Dean in there to screw up that whole entire operation so then Dean gets in trouble for it. That's what I had had thought was going on. And then the fact that they were gone and I was like, wait a second, they're all gone. Where the hell are they? And then it was a nice, I don't want to say twist because it wasn't really a twist. But it was a nice change. It was a nice the, change that they had kind of fought back. Ending. But yeah, that's what I thought. I thought Ketch was basically leading him into that den to screw up the entire mission that they were working on. See, I didn't get the idea that he was going to screw up the mission. I got it as Hey, Mary will get Sam to see the good in what they can do, and he'll show up at the fight. And then Ketch will get Dean to show up at the fight, and then they'll be like, oh, guys, look, we're not that different after all. We should work together. Kind of manipulation through two different means to come to the same goal. But yeah. I did, like like you said, Ryan, the shift of it's like, oh, no, shit's just, you know, hit the fan, and you've got a problem. At first, I thought it was going to be like, that's really ballsy, for these vampires to take on a, a compound like this. But then we find out that the compound's got like 10 guys and half of them, more than half of them are not trained yeah. for this kind of situation. But that's the, that's the beautiful thing about Robert Barron's when he flexes his muscle on the, in the writing staff, because yeah. the guy can take similar themes, similar ideas and mix them up, tell a well-paced story and not give anything Oh, and not leave anything open to that we can easily interpret it. Like, I'm not saying there aren't people out there who watched the show and was able to figure it out. But for the most part, if they were able to stumble to three of us who are very different types of supernatural viewers mm -hmm. and we each have different likes and dislikes and, and none of us solve this this type of outcome. It goes to show you that Barron's is working his ass off to make sure he's writing good episode that's not easily predictable, which is very hard when you're dealing 12 years in 12 years in. And you're dealing with the same types of personalities, Dean and Sam. Yeah. I mean, those characters have changed over the years, but they're not completely different characters. No, and if you look at what they actually use, the, 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 the individuals they actually use to, to change it up so that we don't have conflict of personalities or characterization from Sam and Dean, who did they use? They use Catch, they use Davies, they use Mary Winchester, they use the appearance of the Alpha. Yeah. They use different elements that we're not always used to seeing so that then we are now it's in an area that we have to question that we're not used to seeing. So throwing those types of elements, some people complain and there's too much going on, but sometimes you need those elements to keep the story fresh and to keep the audience guessing. No, I agree. And I, I feel like it wasn't too much going on. I felt like it was just enough to keep you constantly on the edge of your seat. There was no downtime for sure, but I, th I thought it worked out just fine. And speaking of which, the, we had a lot of returns, and this is where my favorite bit of the episode, the return of the alpha vampire. And that the fact so cool. uh, that also worked for me for the vampires assaulting the complex because I'm like, that's fucking ballsy, dude. But then I'm like, well, if you have a alpha in your back pocket who pretty much can't die to most conventional weaponry, right. 
yeah, I'd probably assault the place too, you know? And I liked that because it, it wasn't just them kind of being dumb or playing outside no, of what vampires a, do. That wasn't it, a stupid move. Exactly. Wait. It was a thought out move. And I was like, all right, makes sense. And it explained why they even knew where to go. And it helped throw the British Middle Earth off of their game because they weren't expecting anybody to show up. Their complex was not prepared for defense. You know, it, it worked. And again, kudos to Barons for all that nice brickwork for it to be laid out in a climax that makes sense. Now, the Alpha Vamp returns. We haven't seen him since season seven. I I love this character because he is fucking intimidating. I've always loved him, dude. From the day we exactly. met him, he is so He's awesome. Fucking creepy. Exactly. He is intimidating. He feels like a, you know, an, an ancient being. He feels like something out of the old movies and books of Dracula kind of feel. And... We didn't get to see a lot of the alphas in season six. We saw an alpha shapeshifter, but essentially just it didn't die and then walked out the room with the baby. <laughs> and the other ones were essentially all killed off without us getting any screen time. He was the only one who made it through. And we know he was used for putting the Leviathans back and into purgatory. And I liked that as well. But him showing up is very much an intimidating factor when he shows up on screen. Just He just guts that one dude and then immediately kills the other. And then he's just playing with his food, essentially, like a cat and a mouse at the end. Yeah. but very, I, A very cocky maneuver. But I liked him not just because... He's a good actor, too. He is. He's a good actor. He's he's intimidating he as shit. Battlestar Galactica. He was one That's of, right. Don't say... Don't say. Don't say. Don't say. I still have to watch. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we... Oh, man. We don't, almost don't fuck anything up. We almost fucked up right there. Now... <laughs> A little off the rails there for a second. <laughs> like that would do. That would have been. Shut epic. up! That don't even been... say. Don't say anything. Okay, okay, okay. Just stop. Oh, God damn it! <laughs> don't read the chat room either. I'm not. I'm, yeah. I'm going to minimize that. Here, Sorry, I'll, guys. I haven't seen Battlestar yet. Here, I'm I'll comment a lot. Just close in case. to it. Now, I thought it was good because it also gave us a reasonable <laughs> reason for the cult to return. Now we know that they had it a couple of episodes ago, but there's been some discussion about whether or not it was going to be brought back. Simply as a as a writing device to tie up some loose ends, or is it going to be something much greater than that? In this episode, some people could see it as being a way to tie up loose ends. If if you go to our video cast discussion, if you are a, a listener who is subscribed to the Patreon, you'll find we have a different idea of how it could be used in the season as a whole. And I'll, I'll give you this little bit, just because not everyone has the ability to see it. But it's trust me, this episode of the video cast is worth it. But the idea that it could be used against the Nephilim, that whole right. there's this multiple times now they've said there's only five beings in all of creation that it can't kill. They're saying that for a reason. They keep saying it for a reason. Now, I believe that it's more than just a way to end off storylines. And I think killing off the alpha, although sad, because I love seeing that that character come up and be intimidating. And because other vampires are just like, yeah, you cut off their heads. Yeah. Dean or Sam can take two on. It's all right. It's not really a threat, but the alpha shows up and you're just like, oh, fuck problems. But it, while it was sad that he's gone, I feel like it worked because the cult showed up and was the thing that took him out. And if it was any other way to defeat him, I feel like it wouldn't have meant as much. So I was happy with that. Not just because it was a cool way for him to die, but it reminded me immediately of season one. The very first time we see the cult, it's used to take out a vampire. Right. Yeah. 
there's a, there's a nice little bookend to that for with its final return. Now, someone I I I know this is a little off topic, but someone in the in chat room earlier had said, "Have we always known what the ingredients is to make the the bullets?" No, this is the first time we've heard that. Okay, we only knew before that Samuel Colt did some, and we talked about this on the video cast, some ritual to etch these bullets to make them powerful because the gun is one element, right. but the, bullets the bullets is the is, other yeah. to make it kill anything. And then Ruby does something. She fixes it somehow, or we find out essentially that it's a recipe she gave Bobby, which I do appreciate that fact because it's not just that she did some demon magic to fix a gun that's designed to kill demons and other creatures that go bump in the night. And then it works with any bullets, which was originally my understanding was that you could just use any other bullets after Ruby did whatever the fuck she did. But I like this explanation a lot better because it shows that the ca- the ammo is still limited. It still must be very special. Right. It still has to be. It's not something you can just go guns blazing buying something 22s at the fucking guys, store. You can't walk into Cabela's and buy Colt ammo for, for the Colt. Okay. It's not exactly. Now, I liked that idea. When Sam said it creates the etching, the original it, etching, the same have we power. heard that before? No. Okay. I see. I well, like we knew that. about the etching, but we didn't know that there was no, no, a, no. a spell. Like a spell will create yeah. the original etching. And I like okay. that a lot better because, A, I believe that yeah, a dude, lot more. I, I believe too. that Ruby could, uh, an ancient demon could Not somehow because she's find. Hot. No. Mm. I, I thought it was just because she was hot. Remember, hot. We, we already had this discussion. No, no it's not. It's that. not just because she's hot. I don't think so. I don't think so anymore. She didn't use her hot power. She didn't u- they, rub her boobs have, on the barrel of the hot, gun. They do have hot. No, she didn't put the barrel on her boobs. Oh, okay, the barrel Christ. went somewhere else. You're disgusting. After it shot out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're terrible. We, yeah. we were on a roll for thirty minutes being <laughs> I know. serious, and then and then this happens. You know, that's what I'm here for, guys. I think I, I like that a lot because it still makes ammo limited and scarce. You can't just, like I said, use any bullets. You have to have it pre-set up. So if you show up to a fight not prepared, it's not going to help you. So I did like that. Obviously, alphas are not part of the five things that can't die. Although I did love his bluff. And you could tell he was bluffing, but I, I did like that element. But it was cool to see Sam's reaction. And and we she Mary tells him that she stole it from Ramael. I liked his... Like, holy fuck. And I feel like that's probably how a lot of fans felt when that was revealed a couple episodes ago. But I think it hit him a little harder because the last time he remembers seeing it is when they tried to kill Lucifer with it and it didn't work. You know, and it's a direct response to their dad and yellow eyes and the biggest threat they, you know, their whole goal for a large majority of their life was to kill that yellow-eyed demon, and that's the gun that did it. You know, it, it has a special place. It needed to be a strong heart. episode, yeah. or a strong moment. Um, Sam couldn't just look at it and like, oh, cool. Can't believe my luck. It needed to have an emotional yeah. impact on him because it isn't a good thing. It was a negative thing. It was part of it. I think because we see Sam go through so much over the past 12 seasons, I think a lot of times we kind of forget the amount of shit this character has been put through by the writers so for him to see the windshot uh the, the the cult their very weapon that was connected to him that was tied into lucifer and him being the lucifer's vessel it brings back all these not good memories yeah well, brings even, back a very bad part of his life and i love seeing it in his face because you saw dude, all those memories just come rushing back when yep. he saw it. it wasn't like i'm reconnected with an old friend it was this thing yep. and it just brought back all that emotion it was a very powerful scene and I, jared did fantastic great. i think there's a reason they sh- showed some clips from season one the first episode with the cult 
because you also it's important to Sam because when it was first used, the first time he sees that power is when his dad used it to save his own life. Yeah, that's the first time. Yeah. So it, it has, like Mike said, it has a lot of emotional well, weight to that thing. It, it, I mean, Jared did an incredible job of acting in that portion. It was really good. It was showing the emotion on his face. Yeah. They didn't have to show a bunch of flashbacks of it being used. All yeah. you could, you could see in his face. Yeah. Okay. This because oh, we had our own flashbacks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he. You could see the meaning in just seeing it that time. And, I, you know, one of the things, and I know this is a little off topic, but I completely forgot that the trigger flips out when you when you pull the hammer back. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, where the hell is the, like when he pulls it out, like, <laughs> where the hell is the trigger at on that thing? I couldn't remember it, and then I forgot that it. Well, speaking of things I had forgotten about it, I didn't, I was like, is that similar? Now, the shot and the way in which the vampire dies is a little bit different than the first time it's used. Mm-hmm. But it still is very similar to how many other creatures died to it. But the very first time we see it, and I know it's not going to be every time the cult killed something, because sometimes in season three, they were just blasting things with it. Yeah, you know? they were just shooting to shoot. Um, Stop but, Haunting Me says in the chat room that she thought the reaction was more about him realizing Mary had been the thief from Stuck in the Middle with You. And I think that was later. I think that was definitely that was a later. moment. But that was a good four or five seconds after he had that emotion of seeing the Winchester, the gun. I think then he started thinking, okay, where did this come from? And I think Well, he, because he has that reaction to seeing it. He doesn't know that she stole anything. Right. Then when she said it, then that was a whole other range of emotion coming from Sam. Like, I thought he yeah. was going to lose it after that. You you have the holy shit. That was a punch to the face, then yeah. a punch to the gut is what happened. And then a punch to the penis. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It was, it was a mixed bag of what the fuck. First of all, you found this thing. It was a How w- do you have that? And it's yeah. like, wait, you stole it? From Ramiel? And that's what got, you know, Wally killed? What the fuck? Okay. Lucifer almost died? Questions for later. I have a vampire uh, to shoot. Cass, I mean. So I, I liked that whole bit. Now, but the thing that it did from season one was when it kills something... There are whispers. There's, there's some, that's cool. and that's something I we I want to know. Talking, it's the it's oh, we have cookies. There are whispers. You can go back to the season one yep. episode. You can go back to this episode. Once the vampire gets shot, you hear these whispers of spirits or or something. Some of the magic, some of the seance power behind this gun is having an effect there because neither creature immediately dies. They stumble, they're still alive for a minute, and then they fall down slowly. Because there's something about this gun, kind of, and it reminded me kind of of Michael's Lance, but like a reverse way. Michael's Lance destroys something evil really quick, but the long, the, the good things die slowly. Yeah, I almost feel like the cult's a reverse in some way, where the evil things that it kills depending on how evil, take longer to die. Well, even. Did, did you notice too that the alpha vamp's face he almost had a smirk on his face. Yeah, because he he tried to like almost like a half second. Like, oh, see, I'll be fine. Oh shit, no. Oh, I have a hole in my forehead. But I love that whole bit. I love the whispers. I really want to know what that's about, yeah. but I also don't because I love the mystery behind it. Um, so. JS two, I believe, says, "Does Mary know it was used to kill Yellow Eyes?" I'm assuming. I can't remember Dean. exactly, but I'm assuming they filled her. They said they filled her in on everything. Yeah. So I'm assuming she knew. That's what made it such a kind of a dick move in uh it with in the stuck in the middle with you when she just gave it to him yeah yeah because i think she knew the importance of that weapon they're they they said before that dean had that whole you know like overnight conversation with her about catching up with all the information so she knows what happened 
Now, does she, you know, know the severity of all the stuff? Maybe not. I guarantee there's parts he gla- he glossed over. Mm-hmm. But I think she knew the power of it. Um, but yeah, that him getting shot. While it was sad and it brings an end to the alphas, it was also a pretty damn cool way to go. Now, I agree how they book ended it. Yeah, and obviously they're not done with this, but. I I love the fact that I caught that too with the the inter the, the very first time we saw it kills yeah. a vampire and now it comes back and it kills the alpha. Shot. It was really cool. Yeah. It's, what what a great headshot though too. Like right? what if he missed him? What if he just like, Dude, just completely him? missed him? He's, all, <laughs> He's oh, like oh shit. Mr. Like do they Davies, can you run into me again and slip me another one? So <laughs> right. dude like so they make it all slow-mo, and he's like, he pulls the Colt, and he shoots it, and you see the bullet come out, and it just completely misses and hits something behind him. Fuck. Like, uh, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> like, how funny would that be? I actually would have loved that. That would be terrible. Wait, did been... you direct uh, the Hitler episode this year? Uh, yes. Sad. Yes, I did. Anyway, that was a, a pretty cool way to end the <laughs> alpha reign. Now, a couple, you know, odds and ends questions I think at this point is for me the biggest thing is the old men I mean we talked about it a little bit but they are the ones who are making her calling the shots they're clearly have some other goal because Davies himself says that if they can get the Winchesters to join them they believe the old men believe the rest of the hunters in America will follow and again this gets me to asking what do you guys fucking want I don't believe that you're just doing this for the sake of I, I know good. what it is. You do? Yep. What? The Ooh. old men want to be the source and inspiration for new fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> the old men want the young boys. Oh, Jesus. Old men with Sam and D. Yeah. Hey, D. <laughs> Come here. D, here's my crusty, here's my crusty oh, penis. Hey, D. Oh, wait. They're British. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Sam. Bring That's your so sweet terrible. ass over here. They're all apparently hello. Herbert the pervert. Hey, Chris. Jesus. Just end it with hello every time. Yeah. Our poor, our poor European God audience. They're be like, you fuckers. This guy's a bunch of fuckers. First, the alpha says he with the first the alpha says he hates the Britons. <laughs> now you guys are <laughs> you mother effers. Yeah. Now yeah. well, look at us. Look how I, we sound. <laughs> I think Stupid. there's there's obviously more to that. They, Mick Davies and Catch only know so much. You know, yeah. Catch doesn't feel like the Winchesters are necessary. Davy says that's not your call. He clearly reports to someone, and they have an ulterior motive. The, I guarantee that Davies and them think they're there helping clear out hunters or, or monsters for hunters, but the old men are playing some other game. That's, they have I, yes. another purpose. Yeah, they're there for and something else. They're going to fuck over their own guys just as much as they are the hunters. I, I know we said that I think last year when Lady Bevel uh, made her appearance yeah. in the season finale. We started theorizing throughout the summer that maybe the men of letters themselves, Lady Bevel, isn't necessarily bad, but the old men, which they've mentioned, uh, the people in charge, we said, the people in charge may have another motive. The people within power, which is a common, right, you know, trope. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. And then it was kind of nice to see Dean and Mary kind of make amends as best as they could and yeah. again you know this isn't going to be something that a ever really gets fixed no it was the way they did it was it felt natural it felt it didn't feel you know it didn't feel shoehorned especially yeah. because it was days later he hadn't talked to her for so long and because she was at risk of you know dying it it all made sense to me as to like all right she'll they'll have a 
make up essentially with that bit of information. Yep. Now, this episode can we can we uh, can we um, copyright this? Uh, JS two says new soda from the makers of Mountain Dew comes Alpha Rain. I like that. <laughs> Is Rocky, that like purple rain? Well, I need to make a soda. <laughs> you need to do a lot of things. Supernatural soda. Supernatural Find soda. In the purple alpha dead man's blood. Rain. Alpha no, rain. No. no? Is that too much? Is that too on the nose? Oh, yeah. stupid. Alpha God. rain. Alpha rain. <laughs> alpha rain. What does that taste like? Is that like citrus with blood? It tastes like purple drink. Oh, God. <laughs> Terrible. Ah! It tastes like purple yo, drink. Yo, yo, have me over that purple drink. Have me that alpha rain. Yo, the alpha rain cup? <laughs> Give me one of them ice cold alpha rains, bro. Back, back away from the mic. No, I like I to get closer, loud so it's louder. Fuck. God that's damn. why I back away. Nah, I stay there. <laughs> like he argued. Like, right? nah. Yeah, Jesus whatever. And th- that is. Why, why did you leave the chat room? I accidentally <laughs> hit, hit, hit the wrong button. Fuck you guys. I hate you guys. I'm out of here. <laughs> So, overall, I think this episode was a very strong episode. Does anybody have anything else they wanted to add before we go into final thoughts here? Um, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Thanks for that, Ryan. Sorry, guys. Son of a bit. Mike, yourself, or no? No. So, guys, moving into final thoughts here. Ryan, you go first, because you just fucked everything up. Uh, So, you have to go uh, do it now. Okay. Um, let's see. I, I did really like this episode. I think it was a... It was nice that it started off right after last episode. I think that was needed. I, I think if they had went and and you know started somewhere else, it just wouldn't have it wouldn't have had a powerful. And I don't think Dean's words to his mother would have been as powerful. I think right. it, it, it just it would have been like, oh, we're gonna like they would have started the episode and then came back to it. I've been like, no, that's no. just not as powerful. We needed to see that. Yeah, absolutely. We need to see that right off the bat. Um, uh, it, it's hard for me. I, I'm I don't know where I stand on Mary. I, I think. You know, at some I don't point, stand on her. I lay on her. Oh, God. God. Well, then you're doing it wrong because she lays on top of me. Um, the difference here Jesus is... Jesus Christ. <laughs> he went there and I just took it the extra step. I always do. Anyway, She's never going to do an interview with us. No. None of, dude, none of these people are. Oh, my um, God. On that note... <laughs> on that note, the show's over, guys. But no, I, I, don't know, I don't know where I'm at. I just... A part of me understands her thinking about with her sons and everything. But the other half of me is like, you know, you betrayed your family. And I, I just... It's it is very much we've talked about it, it was a very There's much something about a, Mary yeah. isn't there Ugh. for God damn Jesus you. that might be the worst thing you've ever you said. that was worse than anything you I've had ever to said. do that oh my God. I hate you so much right now. <laughs> oh you're, that's awful I, I've said some dumb shit that might take the cake what are you guys talking about I'm being serious uh huh yeah so, did you have some jizz in your hair when I'm you more said that? mad because that actually worked pretty fucking well oh, God <laughs> damn it. um. Fuck that just derailed. You know, a good episode. What's your grade? Um, I, I'm gonna get. You know what? I, this was a this was a well written episode. I think Barons. You know, dude, Barons always kills it. I, I got to give it an a. I had I enjoyed the episode a lot. Yeah. I'm just, I, I was sitting there and enjoy, I just enjoyed everything about it. We learned more about the British Men of Letters. We learned about how they take hunting. Everything about this episode, we got more. You know, we got more of the cult. The cult. And again, we found out some lore about the bullets. I, I just everything that, that happened in the episode I thought was good. So I'm going to give it an A. Makes sense. Mike, yourself? I'm going to give this episode an A as well. I think uh, Baron's writing style lended itself to this week's story. He is, I, he's great when utilizing 
parallel narratives while also maintaining the pace. He doesn't lose you anywhere. He's very careful when he guides the audience, which I think is very important. There's other people in other TV shows, not this one, that they try to do this type of writing. And sometimes it ends terribly. He knows how to give you a little bit of this, a little bit of that, shake it up and deliver a well paced out episode. It isn't top heavy. It isn't second half heavy. He utilizes every single act within the script, which is what you should do. He, he's one of the he's he's been one of my favorite writers for a very long time. But I think he might be my favorite. Like I, he, I, I have others, but I think he might take the top spot. I think he has such a, a great handle on writing. Yeah. That yeah. he always delivers strong episodes. Now there may be m- moments that I don't agree with decisions because again, that's not academic issues. That's my own personal, personal, right. Uh, wants, but academically, the guy writes the hell of an episode every single week. It's it's subtle and not distracting when he when he does these parallel now narratives. Um, also, John McCarthy, McCarthy, as a director, also helped the story unfold. He worked well with Barons, and probably that has a lot to do with the fact that he's on set a lot. He uh, understands the chemistry and dynamic between the actors. He's only directed or directed three episodes. This is his fourth episode, but he's actually the first assistant director on the even episodes of Supernatural for the past hundred and some episodes. Oh, Jesus. So he understands. And when you know and look at how well directed and written this episode was, it starts making sense. Barron's is a master of what he does. McCarthy understands Jared and Jetson. He understands the chemistry yeah. between them, and he probably gets and understands how to get what he needs out of them. I think he was a good choice for this emotional episode. It paid off. Yeah. Um, I'm really liking Mary Winchester, even though I, I don't always agree with her actions, but I like her. I, I really think the more we move along this season, I really like what she brings to the table and the the problems that that it pr- comes with it. Yeah. So an a it's an A episode. Yeah. I mean, not much left to say on on what you guys have said, but this is an A for me as well. You know, Baron's writing was on point as it has been every time we've seen him pen an episode. Uh, McCarthy's directing was great and on point and clearly he's worked with them for a long time he knows what they're looking for he knows how to work with jared and jensen it came to fruition in this episode i loved seeing the cult return in a way that meant something i loved seeing the alpha return and although i know he comes back for an episode just to die something we complained about before which is disappointing but at least he went out in a way that a was badass and, and also, he was important. He was, he was important. important for yeah. this episode. He was important for the it's story. A huge plot in this episode. Yeah, you don't have the alpha in the story. You don't have a story. You don't have the development of what the British Mental Letters have been up to. You don't have the return of the cult. You don't have a whole lot of shit. And it wasn't the Gavin syndrome. Like Gavin was brought back and killed for kind of silly reasons. Yeah. Um. They didn't even try to burn the locket. Like, yeah. It, it, I, this is a a good example. If you're going to bring a character back. Make the episode work them. around them. Exactly. Not make them in the episode. So the alpha was great. The cult was great. Tons of lore, both new and old. And I'm really interested to see what the British Mental Letters are up to. And now that we kind of have a, a insight as to their capabilities, 
I think they're going to be a lot more interesting to watch. They're not exactly the boogeyman that they want everyone to believe they are, but they're also not as capable yep. as everyone mm-hmm. believes they are. So I think that'll be a lot of fun in the upcoming episodes. So it's an A for me as well. Also on that note, because I loved this episode so much and I like the direction, I uh, literally emailed John McCarthy's people like an hour before the show. Yeah. Got a response and he's going to be on the show in the next, really? in the next 10, no in the next 10 days. He'll be Sweet. on the show. Awesome. So there that you is go. Awesome. Big news. Well, big thanks to him for talking to us. So yeah. That'll be fun. And, and by the way, Adam Rose's interview will be out. I postponed it because there's lots of releases that are contradicting or conflicting with it. And I don't want to take away from its own His run. other promotions. Yeah, because the David um, Soboloff interview for DC on CW was so huge. I want, to, I want to put a lot of emphasis on that interview. And I figured I wanted to do right by Adam Rose and, and release that episode or that interview at, a, at the perfect time, which will be probably next week. So with that, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to get into a quick discussion of the upcoming episode Somewhere Between Heaven and Hell in just a minute. Don't go nowhere. Supernatural, the crossroads will be right back. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Adam Tingle saw the woman walking her dog Monday afternoon and yelled at her thinking she was a killer clown. When the woman didn't stop walking, Tingle fired a shot from his rifle, which missed. Thankfully. He had time and a location to grab his rifle. He's in Kentucky. He's probably hanging in the back of his truck. Yeah. Yeah. And I apologize for killing this woman. But you know, I killed her. I killed her. But you know, nowadays, it's so confusing. All these bitches just wear too much makeup. Yes, they do. I was telling Jethro the other day. I'm like, remember when bitches didn't wear makeup? You could wake up the next morning from a club night and say, hey, Bertha looks the same as she did last night. It's insane. It's insane. Now, when I wake up from a club night, their faces are on the pillow next to me. (laughs) I complimented my mama with her (laughs) lipstick. I mean, back when I used to have sex with my mother. I mean, she wore the right amount, the right ratio of makeup. I told my mama it definitely brings out your dick sucking lips. <laughs> For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. Hello, everybody. This is Michael Flores. And over the past three years, we have delivered some of the highest quality audio content to be found on the Internet, uh, specifically for podcasting and episodic discussions and breakdowns. And now we're going to need help from the listeners. We have a dollar option if you feel like you just want to support. Uh, Every option above that comes with additional content, including shows, behind-the-scenes footage, behind-the-scenes audio, uh, and, of course, the Rayman Digital Premium tier, uh, where you get the Supernatural video cast two to four times a month, including the audio version, uh, Star Trek from the Holodeck, Comic Book Chaos, and the new Whiskey and Wine show, Hangover Betty. So if you go to patreon.com slash Digital, you'll be able to subscribe. So help us out. Donate. This is Crossroads 003. Welcome back, guys. Supernatural to Crossroads. Now we're talking about a little discussion of the upcoming episode, 
somewhere between heaven and hell. Ryan, do you have the synopsis, or should I just... No, no, I got it. I'm just... Uh, sorry, I was typing something. Looking at porn again? Yeah, absolutely. Come on. I was looking at... Uh, Trying to do a show. No, I was looking at Lucifer Adam porn in the cage with the swinging, <laughs> with the swinging chair thing. Yeah, it's a thing. All right, so... <laughs> An attack by an invisible hellhound at a campsite leads Sam and Dean to investigate the mysterious circumstances. Meanwhile, two of Crowley's own personal demons uncover that he's been hiding. Castiel gets a lead on Kelly Klein. This one is directed by Nina Lopez Corrado. And written by? Written by Davey Perez. A new, a, a new show favorite, I think, for myself at least. Now, I watched the trailer a little bit in this one. We, Lucifer's in this. The hellhounds are in this. We see... Dean wearing the Hellhound Vision goggles to actually see them. Do you remember that from season eight? The sweet night vision goggles that you can see right. the awesome Hellhound with. <laughs> Sorry. Right. We get to see that. Now, in the trailer, and this is a, I don't know if this is too much spoilers, I guess, but heads up spoilers. Crowley says, we're not just talking about a Hellhound. We're talking about the Hellhound. Ooh. And I wonder what that is. Is going to be bad. I don't know if that's like Lucifer's first pet hellhound or some shit. Oh, dude, do not uh, you just when I have faith in your writing abilities? It's a that joke. Was the, no, was it's it? A joke. Hey guys, this is Lucifer. This is my first pet that I've he ever. He basically had. wants to Annie him. Like he Aww. wants to turn him. Hey, I made three three of you. No, well, they've done that with <laughs> Kane and <laughs> the Princes of Hell. Come here, fella. Come here, buddy. Are you hungry, fella? <laughs> <laughs> Come here, boy. I, I honestly, Jesus, though, he's miserable. What do you come feed here, him? killer? Come here, killer. <laughs> honestly, though, I wonder what the lore stance is. You always on... know what Thomas is mad is when he keeps talking over the yeah. jokes. That's come here, Be- Beelzebub. <laughs> come if, here. That's, if that's what his name, that's come terrible. here, Malabolgia. Malaboge, but close. He, he named it Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> is it? A, is that, no, never mind. Never mind. Not going to say what I was going to say. Although I, I honestly, though, I do wonder what. Crowley means by the hellhound, like what? It's the prince of hellhounds? It's like alpha hellhound. Alpha Ooh, hellhound. Stop haunting says uh, alpha, yeah, alpha, alpha hellhound. hellhound. There you go, yeah. shit. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. They've kind of gone into the old hierarchy of hell, because for the longest time it was like Crowley and, yep. and the rest of the crap demons. And I, now it's like, no, they're not. Hell is still a threat. There's still these whatever uber hellhounds, alpha hellhounds. There's still princes of hell. There's still problems to be found. Yeah, and you can usually look at who's writing to see whether or not how far they're going to delve into the myth arc or expand on lore. And Davy Perez is being used. And Davy Perez this season, even though he's brand new, he has been utilized with For some lore. with some lore and some myth arc. So, dude, I would love to see an episode. I'd be okay be cool. with that, like with a, the very first Hellhound or some type of like the beginning of the Hellhound. I think that's sweet. Well, Ancient old lore is always yeah. the best, man. What it sounds like to me, especially reading the synopsis, is we've got quite a bit going on in this episode. This is going to be a pretty, pretty heavy episode on on certain things. So, and it looks Ooh. like everyone's involved. You know, like we're getting a full on episode here. I just had an idea. Oh my god, you're going to name the dog Spot? No, but you, oh, the, Lucci. The, Come here, Lucci. <laughs> Lucci. <laughs> Scooby. No, but what? Speaking Spice of a name, is like though, uber creepy, Scoop. It's Astro. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I love you, Lorch. <laughs> you, Raggy. If you want to take though a name from the Bible for a demon yes. dog from hell, you have the Cerberus. Oh, the three-headed 
the three-headed hellhound. But that's more Greek, though. It is Greek, but it's also been it used be in used, other... Though. Dante's Inferno has the Cerberus used in the lore there. What's so Dante's Inferno? Shut up. I'm being serious. <laughs> no, Are you're you not. joking? What is that? Is that a video game or something? Are you serious? Is it, Are I you kidding? I don't There's know what Dante's Inferno is. Dante's Inferno is a classic Italian... Oh, yeah, okay, yes. I yes. The Divine is Comedy? A, the Divine Comedy. I, there, for yeah. some reason, I thought you guys were talking about a video there game. Is well, a video there is a video game adaptation. Yeah, but we're talking about okay. the legit... That's what I thought you guys were talking about. But there, you could maybe go with Cerberus in that. In, in the, I believe it's in the Bible. I may be wrong. Maybe a different, you know, his, biblical text. But it's, it guards the gates of hell. So if you have some kind of the hellhound marmaduke it, <laughs> clifford the big red dog with the goggles though being in this trailer it would be cool to see this thing be like five times the size or far more fucked up Do looking. they still have the goggles we see them in the yeah. trailer dean's wearing those dean's glasses wearing oh so when, when in the trailer oh okay from season eight those glasses when they had to kill the hellhound so it would be really cool to see a much bigger more fucked up version of a hellhound than the one we saw in season eight. Hipster mode activate. Hipster mode activate. Right. Sweet glasses, bro. I don't know. I, if they uh, do make a point of it, I either a want some cool lore or b some cool visuals. I don't want it to just be like, oh, it's much more powerful and leave it at that. But I don't believe Davy Perez will just leave it at that. So now I have full confidence in this episode. Hopefully, okay. we're not talking it up because no. we're overexcited and we're not gonna. Right. We're gonna overdo it with our excitement, and then it's not gonna fulfill well, our desires do you guys absolutely i always fulfill desires and do you guys actually want to <laughs> see you guys actually want to see like actually see what a hellhound looks like we've seen what a hellhound looks i don't like. think i want to we, we saw glimpses we s- right we saw one in season eight when sam had to That's, kill it for yeah. the trials we see it's it's a fucked up looking dog i think hound of the baskervilles is kind of what it looked like from my memory at least like this glowing red-eyed is all purple hued though purple-headed warriors it's a fucked up looking <laughs> Fucked up looking dog. So if they do show it, which I think with the goggles being an element, they kind of have to either a make it look really cool. B do a jaws where we don't see the full thing. We just see parts of it and build on that horror element of not being able to see the creature and let our imagination fill the gap. I'm going to check the super wiki and find out for sure how much of the hellhound we actually saw because I do remember it, but I don't think it was a full on image of the hellhound. I I remember like a blurry. I I thought it was a blurry effed up like warped image. Like they were using almost like not a fisheye lens, but definitely a lens with some warping around the edges. Hmm. I'm going to look that up too now because I'm curious, but I either want them to show us something really cool looking some just enough. See, yeah, you you get a pretty good shot if you looked at uh, supernaturalwiki.com. It's not, you know, like fully in detail, but it's pretty fucking cool looking. Where are you at? Supernatural wiki. I, I know that. And I, I just type in Hellhound in the search. Yeah, I didn't get an image of it. I got Hellhound, but I don't you see get a, it. There's a gif. There's a gif. What? If, I, I have no idea where you're looking all right. at. <laughs> Hold on. It's all right. Just keep talking. I'm not going to derail the show. Yeah. But. I remember my first time searching on the internet. I, I, I see the image hope, of the Hellhound, but I hope they do something good with it. And I think with Davy Perez, we can have some faith in that. But we'll we'll see. Ultimately, I think it's a cool concept to have some uber hellhound beast thing yeah. you can't tell from that picture exactly but you can tell from that one and if you look at the page bobby has ancient drawings of it so i don't know 
I'm looking forward to it. Davy Perez has done a good job so far, so I'm in terms positive. of visual effects. Um, the Banshee last season was some of the best. Yeah, I know some people yeah, hated cool. it, but I what? completely disagree. The render job was just fantastic, it's creepy. Looking. So if they do something like that with the Hellhound, yeah, I think the technology is there. Whereas years back, maybe the technology wasn't there to to be to give it a fair a fair appearance yeah. you know, that would do it justice but i think at this it's, point it's now. the technology is there yep. we the visual effects cool. team is pretty top notch on the supernatural crew so man I, I hope we do see something honestly it'd yeah. be cool that would a be three-headed cool. freaking server that would be that dude tell me that's not badass i mean we i've seen it in harry potter so they could totally do it in that <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up here for us at Supernatural The Crossroads. Remember, we are going to be at the Phoenix Creation Entertainment Supernatural Con. Yep. As for uh, Seattle, we will let you know once we find that out fully. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, help us out with Patreon if you guys have the means to do so. We love each and every one of you. Thank you for taking time to listen to us, and we will see you all next week. Later. You little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt.